0: Let's get real at Crossway with Pastor Bob Manuel and friends. Now when I was a kid growing up, I loved baseball. Um, and the World Series was sort of like a, um, like a big holiday for us as a family. We would sit around the black and white TV, and this is back in the old days when you had to actually get up and walk and change channels. We had maybe five or six channels, I don't know, but loved to watch the World Series. It was like like another holiday and uh, very festive for us kids. And let me remind you, in case you forgot, I don't know how you could forget, but there was a team that won the World Series in 2016, and they were the Chicago Cubs. Can you believe that? So I remember watching that game, and I think it went into extra innings, and I was tired, so I don't know how I did this, but I actually said to my son, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so I went and laid down for a few minutes, but I just couldn't help myself. I had to get up and see who won, and, and I had just missed that I think they went into 10 innings if I remember right. If I, It was a rain delay, that's what it was. Okay, so, but I watched, the in, I, when I got up, and I said, I just can't stay in bed, I have to get up and see what's going on here, they had just won. And mind you, I, I was born and raised in central Illinois, was a Cub fan my whole life, and I had no idea that it would affect me the way it did, but when I watched them celebrating on the field, I think some dust got on my eye or something because there was some... Tears coming down. (laughs) Couldn't quite believe that the Cubs won. The reason why I was thinking about that is because I, again, I don't really care too much about who's playing in the World Series nowadays unless it was the Cubs or the Tigers. It could happen again, it might. But there's this guy, his name is Adolis Garcia, Cuban-born player. He. had broken all sorts of records for this postseason. The most number of RBIs r- runs batted in uh, in all of major league postseason history. This guy just has been doing this the last few uh, weeks in the postseason. And all the commentators were talking about is his plate appearances. And will he do it again? Will he hit another home run? Will he get another RBI? And and so they were talking about his at bats, if you will. Growing up, there was a guy by the name of Reggie Jackson. They called him Mr. October because he played so much in the postseason for the Yankees that he had all sorts of heroic exploits as a Yankee player. Who's going to be the next to step to the plate and make this special appearance that will stir you in such a way that, you know, I've been waiting my whole life for this to happen? I think that's the same kind of dynamic and emotion, if you will, that Paul is trying to um, get the, the Cretan believers to think about, who is going to appear? Who has already appeared? He appeared the first time in grace, and he's still gracious, but he'll appear the second time in glory. We've been waiting our whole lives for this to happen. Been waiting for him to come and in the clutch times, if you will, and to deliver us. Don't miss that word, appearance. And that is a word that I want to talk about Uh, when it comes to Jesus. uh, The appearance of Jesus enables us to live godly lives. Mm -hmm. That was the big idea. We have the historical record, the New Testament documents that tell us about this this Jewish rabbi, this the, the one who was anointed the Messiah, and he did all these things, all these miracles. And then you, you look at, at the the proofs of the resurrection. I mean, you know, I won't get so much into apologetics, but they talk about Jesus was either Lord, liar, or lunatic. I think that was made famous argument by Josh McDowell. C.S. Lewis kind of had his own uh, version of that. But Jesus was either a Lord liar, or a lunatic uh, a liar uh, because he he mm-hmm. he wasn't who he said he was he is a lunatic that means he he thought he was who he was said he was, but he really wasn't so he is a madman. none of those make sense, but him being Lord, which was attested by the resurrection of his body, he was yes. no longer there and all the people who had fled him and were cowards now all of a sudden they're together preaching and Teaching and, and, and losing their lives for His name, it only makes sense if you're talking about logic. Logically speaking, that He was who He said He was, that He appeared in the flesh, that He He appeared, uh, He'll appear a second time in glory. So we, we we looked upon His first appearance. We can look to His second appearance, and it changes everything. You know, all that we believe about Jesus was based on on history. Titus two eleven. The grace of God has appeared, and and so that that offers salvation to all people. And that that grace, it, it's not just talking about some ethereal, ephemeral uh, uh, substance that's floating around. Grace, it's talking about Jesus Himself appeared. Uh, he offers salvation to all people. It that is the grace of God or Jesus. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And then while we wait for the blessed hope, verse 13, the appearing, that's the same word, or it's the epiphany, we get our our English word from that Greek word, the the epiphany, the appearing of of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, And then chapter 3, verse 4, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior Grace is one of those words that are so overused in the Christian context, uh, or even in our culture. We, you know, you, you go to secular events sometimes they'll be singing "Amazing Grace" for whatever reason, and uh, so we think we know what grace means. But grace, really, and my eyes were opened in a new way towards this whole understanding of grace a few years back. I was reading a book, and the author made the point that there is, technically speaking, there is no such thing as grace. And he put a, uh, quotation marks around "thing," as in, grace is not some substance, some yes. blob of something that's floating around. That God says, "Here, let me give you some of my grace." And so God pulls grace off the shelf and he gives. You now, grace is God's kind disposition to us, but it always comes to us in a person—the person of Christ, uh, the the kind, hmm. compassionate disposition of God that comes to us in Jesus Christ. That's yeah. what grace is. It doesn't. We don't experience grace apart from Jesus is what I'm trying to say. So, here, let me just read you yeah. Hebrews chapter 4. Yep. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, okay, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet we did not he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Then he goes on, every high priest and talking about Jesus eventually. So we find grace to help us in our time of need. The context here is the people were thinking of leaving Christianity and going back to Judaism they were thinking of just abandoning this Christianity altogether. And yeah. Jesus says, I'm with you with this. Mm-hmm. Let me put my arm around you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to find find grace and mercy. You're going to find me in your time of need. In your time of need. Not when you're all together and got it. You know, who needs, if you got it mm-hmm. all together, why do you need grace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a passage again in Hebrews. I think it's in Hebrews chapter 2. I, I won't try to find it and turn to it, but it says, He 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 was made like us in in every way. Jesus was made like us in every way yet without sin. But because of this, he he was not ashamed to call us brothers. Wow. You know I like that. Yeah, and and it's like Yeah, I've I'm heard kind that. of conflating a couple of verses together uh for those who might get real persnickety about my quotation of scripture, but it's in Hebrews 2. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. Uh, and he's, he was made like us in every way again, yet without sin. But So he understands our weaknesses, our fears. Earlier podcasts talked about Jesus perhaps being lonely. Well, he was called a man of sorrows. Yes. He understands our sorrows and... and He's not ashamed of us. He has his arm no. around us, like mm-hmm. you said, John yeah, yeah. Lynch said, and said, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not ashamed of you. That story that John told, uh, he, he shared it in great detail in this book called The Cure that he wrote. And he puts an image like he said, I used to think that, that Jesus and God were far from me, uh, like in between me and, and them were a big pile of my stinking sins. Right. <laughs> and that there's this distance and this kind of look of disdain and disgust, you know, like, mm-hmm. and this, this uh, uh, God was uh, away from him. You know, uh, You know, I'm just, I, I, I'll get closer to you once you get past this pile of sin. He says, no, Jesus is right there with his arm around me, helping me with my stuff and helping me get through this stuff. He's not far away from me, in my sin, you know, he's, he's right with me, uh, helping me to deal with, you know, find grace and mercy yes. in your time of need. Well, I, I remember years ago I, I was sitting where I normally sit, you know, we have, we all have our seats sure. in church perhaps, but sure. anyway, I was sitting the next thing in the the order of service was I was going to preach and I was having, I had had a difficult week. I can't even remember what the, what was going on, but I didn't feel like I did not want to preach I felt unworthy, which is always true. You know, you don't preach because you're worthy. You preach because of of the grace of God as well. But anyway, I had to get up. And then I felt a a tap on my shoulder right before I had to get up. And it was a little girl. And she had a note uh, that she had scribbled and uh, Mm -hmm. a little picture of a heart that she had written, uh, uh, drew out in, in a crayon or something like that. And it said something like, God loves you. And I looked at that and I said, Lord, thank you. Yes. I mean, it was a little girl that gave me yes. that note, but it was mm-hmm. God himself. So I got up and preached with, with confidence, not because I was worthy, but because he is worthy and he loved me enough and to uh, send this little girl to give me this, this little note right before. I mean, God didn't have to do that, <laughs> you know, but, but he did. He, he moved in this little girl. Hey, go write your pastor. But she probably didn't have yeah. any idea how profoundly that affected me. You've been listening to Let's Get Real with Pastor Bob Manuel of Crossway Community Church of Grand Rapids, Michigan, an evangelical free church. Please share a word with us, a comment, question, or suggested topic at ipastor at aol.com. That's the letter I, the word pastor at aol.com. I'm Mark Moore.